Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 284. What I'm saying is that you have to create people and you have to invest in people. And it might not be the person that you thought it was, but you're going to push them to become this great thing. And for us, all we want to do is see our staff succeed. We don't want them here forever. You know, we would love them here forever, but we don't want them here forever because then they're not growing. They're not learning. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is Click the tipsy banner in the show notes. Get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guests, Joseph and Jenna Kucha. How are you guys doing? Tell me you're feeling unstoppable today. We are so great, Eric. Thank you so much for having us. And I think if you didn't know this, Kuchia actually means unstoppable. No, no. No, it doesn't. But... (laughs) I'm pretty gullible. You had me there for a second. What, what does it mean? I'm curious. It uh, means wheat. Yeah, it's a root from, a, from Sicilian that means wheat. Nice. So I yeah. love it. Cool. Uh, all right. So just real quick, let me just fill the, the listeners into who we're talking to, and then we'll dive into your story and get that motivational ball rolling. So Joseph and Jenna Cuccia are the brother and sister team behind 17 Summer Street located in Loudy, New Jersey. Starting as a catering company in 2012, 17 Summer Street has scaled and evolved over time and now serves as a full-service restaurant, which is garnering accolades from around the industry, including Joseph's recent accomplishment of being nominated as a semifinalist for the James Beard Rising Star Award. Uh, I met you guys like maybe three weeks ago now. Yeah. It's crazy how fast time goes, but I I, I got to sit down and uh, eat dinner and just uh, learn about your story. And you guys are just so inspirational. Uh, You're doing so much right. And you just, you just get it. You just have it. And I I said to myself in that moment, I need to get you guys on the show. So you're here to tell us your story. And I I have a feeling it's going to be a good one. I already know it's a good one. I already know it's coming. The listeners, trust me, it's going to be a good one. So why don't we get that inspirational, motivational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra? What do you guys have for us today? Me? Okay. (laughs) Um, Mine is never let success go to your head and never let failure go to your heart. Mm. I love it. I really do. Uh, and do you have another one, Joe? Yeah. I One of my favorites, I have a lot, but um, <laughs> one of my favorites is people who, who say the sky's the limit, never reach for the stars. Mm, I love it. I really do. And let's really dive into this first, Jenna. Uh, why did you choose that quote and how does it sing to you? Um, well, my mantra every day is starve your ego and feed your soul. 
So I think that is something that really resonates with us and what we do here. We kind of strip the ego and really pull back the layers of what actually happens in a restaurant. Um, having an open kitchen is just opening up a window. So most people don't know where their food comes from or how it's prepared. So for us, it's, you know, we are at the epitome of vulnerability and the epitome of what is actually happening and how you get your food. And so it's, it's nice to be so mm. open with yeah. our customers. Absolutely. And you guys, uh, you wear your hearts on your sleeves. I can tell just from being there, you, you truly are passionate. You truly do love this industry and you just love the connect. You, I can just tell you, you know, sometimes uh, you, <laughs> you guys are truly authentic. And uh, Joe, dive into uh, your quote a little bit and why that's that resonates so much with you. Just so say, that's, just say the quote one more time for us too, just uh, to refresh the listeners. Yeah. So it's um, people who, who, Say sky's the limit, never reach for the stars. It's, you know, there's, you can always do better. You can always get better. You can always go bigger. Mm. Um, and, you know, they're, the only limits you have are the ones that you put on yourself. Beautiful. And okay. I think, you know, sorry, my pen is killing me. I got a new pen. There we go. Um, <laughs> the one thing you're saying it, it, that is really, I love is that it, it never stops. I think it's that mentality of knowing that you're always growing. There's, there's always the next level and there's always something greater, something you could be doing just a little bit greater and we never reach perfection, but it, it's that constant growth of just always trying to take it to the next level and knowing that you, you've never fully you know, met your destination. And uh, you guys are still so young and I, and I know you're going to continue to grow and evolve so much. Uh, it's amazing what you're doing and it's going to go great places. So uh, how did you guys get into this industry? I guess let's start with Joe. Joe, um, you kind of broke into the industry first. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So okay. I basically, from when I was a kid, when I was about eight years old, I wanted to be a chef. Okay. Um, don't ask me why. It's just, I was drawn to it. Uh, we always cooked in kitchens, and you know it was great. When I was 14, I actually got my first job at a little local spot, just doing prep work. And from day one, that was it. Mm. That's the only thing I ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so worked worked in a few local places. Went to culinary school when I was actually I started when I was 16, uh, going to school at night in high school, and then went to culinary school. Turned down some big scholarships to go to culinary school <laughs> instead of. What, yeah. did your, what did your family think of that? Let's talk about that. Were your parents upset with you when you were turning out all these great scholarships to go to culinary school? How was that going down in the family? No, not, not at all. My, I'm very lucky that my parents are extremely nice. um, You know, I can tell you I got some pushback from uh, some some uh, guidance counselors thing in, in school, mm-hmm. and we had some choice words together. <laughs> uh, but, you know, no, my, our parents are extremely supportive. We could not do we, – we would not be where we are without them. So you said at a so, very young well. age, Joseph, that you, you yeah. knew that you, you loved it. So what was it way back at that that young age that was so appealing to you? It was – you know, it was it was the food. It was the excitement in the kitchen. It, it was the people as crazy as, a, as they could be. It was just, <laughs> you get all these different personalities. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, how did you know at that that age that there was going to be so much so much excitement in the kitchen? And that I mean, how did you get to know the people? I mean, when when were you really first working in that environment? The 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 bigger environments. Yeah. So when I was eighteen, I took I took an I was in culinary school. I took an internship in um in New York, working for Drew Near Parent. It was a little place called My House. Okay. Um, Spike Mendelson. 
Sean Scottis, those are the two sous chefs. Uh, my friend Mike Coletti, who has a place in Jersey City now, is, was the junior sous chef. Okay. Um, and the, that was that was just a different level. And you were 18 was, years old at this time, and that's when you yeah. really started. So what was it about uh, these people? You said you love the people and uh, the excitement. Get, bring me to a moment where something happened, somebody did something, or, or someone who really influenced you. Bring me into the time where you said, this is it. I mean, it sounds like you kind of always knew, but when did you really go all in? Um, I would, I would probably say when at the point where I was interning in, in New York mm-hmm. and just, you know, I'm, I'm working with guys who worked at the French laundry and worked mm-hmm. all over New city and with Cirque and that just opens up your, your mind and just the way that they, view food and the level that they have to be at and how tell me not, about how you were thinking before you met these gentlemen and how they influenced you and how they opened up your mind like how did you pivot in your own world when you had this experience yeah well well here the pl- the place that, that it was was a vietnamese place mm-hmm. which i have never had contact with besides you know going out so i really didn't know that cuisine mm. um so being able to, you know, it's kind of like, yes, this is what I want to do, but you don't really have a direction. Mm. You know that you love it. You know that there's a gut feeling this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But until then, it's holy crap, this is my career. Mm. This is what I'm. <laughs> this is what I'm. What I'm going to do, and this is the higher level that I need to be at. The, you know, and I don't consider myself an upper echelon chef. Yeah. So um, what. What gave you the direction? Was there what specifically was it for you that really drove you? And I, I know I'm digging deep here, but that's where the gold lives. So uh, you're giving us great stuff, but like, really bring me to like how that experience changed you for the better. Yeah, yeah I think it was just, it was the pressure. I could tell. I, so I could tell you a quick story that the first, the interview that I went in on, um, it was the worst day in the kitchen in my life. <laughs> it was miserable. Okay. Um. Oh God, like to the point where, you know, this is, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. Like, why the hell am I here? Um, I remember sitting down afterwards and sitting with the, with the chefs and they're like, you know, everybody has a bad day. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. Come back tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. And I did. And it just progressively kept getting better Mm. and better and better. And I think just the standard that they hold you to and they hold themselves to um, has shaped me into the cook that I am now. Mm. I mean, to me, I mean, it's the culture you pick up. Like when you when you're working with these incredible people who are so well established, who have g- gotten so much respect in the industry by surrounding yourself with these people who have been influenced like greats, like you know the French Laundry coming up through restaurants with standards like that, like it shows you a paints a picture of what things should be. And I think that anybody who's really serious about opening a restaurant should do themselves that favor of getting that experience of surrounding themselves with people who get it. So when you go out and try to do your own thing, like you know what the standard is, you know what the expectation is, you know what kind of pressure, the word you use pressure they put on you that you need to continue to put on yourself as you evolve as a professional. And uh, we're just scratching the surface. I want to learn more about the path you took, but uh, before we get further, uh, uh, or I guess kind of tell me when did Jenna, when did you, when did you come into the picture? When did you, um, were you working in restaurants too? Or when did you decide, Hey, maybe it's a good idea to go into business with my brother. Like how, how did this so evolve? I've worked in restaurants since I could drive. So since I was 17, okay. um, 
And I always had multiple jobs because I wasn't the best student in college. Um, So I always found it more interesting to make money and kind of be in the trenches with the people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I worked my way up in restaurants. Um, I started waitressing when I was 17 and then I was managing and then I was bartending and then I was bar managing and, um, you know, so I've always had a passion for the industry. And really, I'm just a people person. Um, so no way. My, <laughs> my background is in luxury advertising. Okay. Um, and I, it, it was a sales job. So I, I love the fact that I could provide someone with a solution to their problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always wanted to kind of go into, I always wanted to take that business into the food world. So I wanted to work in food magazines and, um, you know, really start magazines that were food focused. So this was, you know, probably in 2006. Um, So I was in the business. I was in, I was working in restaurants and I was in sales. Mm -hmm. Um, And Joseph came to me with an idea of doing a street fair business. And we named it, and it took forever. Um, <laughs> Can you say that one more time? What kind of business was it? It was a street fair business because fair, we okay. we didn't have any money, um, and it was the only thing that we could do that was cheap, really. Mm-hmm. This is 2006, so you said? We no. started, no, 2009 we started. So it's yeah. called Come Fry With Me. Okay. We started Come Fry With Me. Um, and we in, were both working. We were both working this yes. time. So we, we didn't have exactly tons of time to say, oh, let's let's just start a business. This was but like... it's the beginning. Yeah. This was so, weekends only. Okay. So uh, that's how you the, the partnership started to come. But let's talk, uh, Joseph, about you now. Um, you're 18 years old, working in this kitchen, getting... Uh, inspired, getting, uh, you know, setting the standard of what it's going to take for me to have similar success. When did you start to think to yourself, um, I want to break off and do my own thing? How did that idea uh, come along? And just kind of paint a picture of a timeline. Uh, you, you two are 28 and 30, correct? Yes. So you're 18. We're talking about 10 years. So in this time that you've got, you got influenced and you really started to focus uh, all in on this career. It's been 10 years. So, uh, what happened between, I guess, 2006 and 2009 that made you want to go out and spread your own wings and uh, be a business owner? Yeah. So I think a part a part of just being an entrepreneur is kind of inside of me. Um, and that's just my, you know, just like who, who I am and who we are that, you know, it's it's. It's a part of you. It's not necessarily something that. What part of you? What what qualities? What traits are you talking about that you identify as being you know, entrepreneurial? It's the it's the small it's the small business. I know I could do something better than somebody else in the way that we do it. Not necessarily that I'm that I'm the best in the world, but I know that for what the goal we are trying to accomplish, that's what I'm. That's what we are good at. That's what we're gonna. Um, that's where we're going to make our mark. And how did you uh, want to do it? If you can remember, like what was it that you want to do that was better <laughs> than the way it was being done at the time? I'm curious. Well, well that kind of that kind of changed over the years. So I, a part of me always kind of kind of knew, you know, I wanted my own restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that it evolved is not even remotely close <laughs> to how we would have planned it out. So, 
you know, I, I, um, after culinary school, I took about a year off of working, you know, large catering and some restaurants and things. And I went back to school for my business degree because I said, you know, I want, I want a business degree. It's not enough for me. Um, you know, co- college I'm back and forth with, I believe yeah. you, you learn more <laughs> hands on, but it's something that I needed and, and it helps me now. Um, so we were working, we were working, we were doing come fry with me. We actually ended up saying, you know, let's turn this into a brick and mortar. Okay. Um, and we were looking, we were looking all over the, over the place. We were looking the Jersey shore, uh, we were, Hoboken. Hoboken. We were yeah. looking in the city. We were yeah. looking everywhere. everywhere. Okay. Um, we ended up going to one of the larger malls in New Jersey. Um, and the price they gave us to build it out was like $600,000, wow. not including, you know, everything else. Equipment, yeah. Equipment, build out, the whole thing. Yeah. So we looked at each other and we said, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, so then um, I had gotten fired from my job in January of 2012. Mm-hmm. February, we found 17 Summer. So when we found it, it was in shambles and it's in an odd location. Um, even though we are born and raised in Lodi, so it's not that odd for us, yeah. but for the public, it's in an odd location. Mm-hmm. So we walked in and it was a disaster and I was stamping my feet. This is a nightmare. I don't want to do this. This is horrible. What are we going to do here? You know, um, and then so we signed the lease and then we switched gears to going into catering because we felt that there was a need for higher end catering and not what we call uh, scoop and go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um I'm curious. So you were looking at this base. It was six hundred thousand dollars. That's you said no. That's not going right. to be right for us. And right afterwards, that's when you found Seventeen Summer Street. And what were they looking for? How much was that space going to be worth to you guys? Oh, uh, the, the rent was the like rent, yeah. The rent was was really cheap stupid, because stupid nobody because you know no, nobody in their right mind would <laughs> open up a restaurant on a on a back street in Lodi, New Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know. And for for me, the you know the why we were looking at come fry with me for me from a business standpoint was a way to gain capital to get to. Okay. Joe, is is that how it worked out? No, no. And <laughs> no. so kind of skipped it, you know, we, and said, okay, let's just, let's just do this. We'll, we'll open up a catering company. Um, the investment on the grand scheme of things was, you know, cheap enough where we could, where we could, we can manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where that how that started. Awesome. So the the space kind of dictated what we were going to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, we had only rented the first room, so that's only eight hundred square feet. Yeah. Um, so we had to build a kitchen and also find storage and figure out where we're going to put refrigerators and freezers and everything mm-hmm. else. Um, but the cool thing about this building is that it's the oldest building in Lodi. It was oh, cool. built in. 1916 and it had always been in the industry so it was it was an ice shop it was a bakery it was a butcher shop um it was a cafe so these walls were meant to be in the food business Mm, um so then we renovated everything joseph and my father and i built everything by hand together we didn't have contractors 
you know, we bought really cheap chairs. We ended up buying really cheap tables. And the space came out so nice that we were like, oh, let's do chef's tastings to kind of push our catering business, kind of just to get, get our name out there. So we started doing monthly chef's tastings. And, you know, we were doing one seating. Joseph was cooking by himself on the line. And we weren't making any money. Um, but it started it started the ball rolling. Mm, momentum was you starting know. to form. So um, from the time you opened the catering company to the time that you started doing the chef's tastings, how much time elapsed there? Six months. Six months. Yeah, okay. yeah it was a lot. So the, the one thing I want to point out, the thing that I love about your story and that really grabbed my attention was that you started somewhere. Like you, Some people will see how much it's going to take to create – we all have that massive, beautiful vision of what success looks like so, to us. And sometimes we aren't willing to put the work in or uh, we, we are, like you guys didn't stop when you said, oh, $600,000. I don't have that. Like you said, you didn't give up. You said, what can we do? You know, where can we start to get that momentum going and to, uh, you know, scale? And I think sometimes that scalability, like just starting with what you can do and listening to the people, doing those chef tasting, getting feedback, finding out where there's a niche you can fill with. You guys, the niche was catering, uh, you know, finer high scale catering. There was there was a niche that wasn't being fed or filled and you got creative and you filled that niche and you've grown and evolved from there. And I think I mean, that's what really I, I love that the idea of like. We can't do this now, but we can start here and we can move in that direction. So was right. that was that the plan, or talk to me through that mindset and how you guys, uh, how, how you were talking to each other and and how you um, you know, put this plan together, or if it, or was it more reactive? So it was definitely reactive because okay. when we initially we wanted to do large catering yep. and high and high end catering, and we were doing it, we were getting you know, significant jobs and it was going well. We have a small staff and we still have a small staff. So the size of the party was always an issue for us because we didn't have the manpower mm. to do it. Um, and but, then, we never, but we never said no. And yeah. <laughs> there were, there were times <laughs> where it was like, Oh, we have, we have, you know, cocktail party for 600 people. Yes. Jenna's looking at me. How are we going to do this? I have no idea. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Now. Yeah. Um, so, and that's kind of yeah. if you just take that from us, yeah. that's kind of how, how we do things. Just awesome. Say um, yes and figure it out later. A so, quick a quick antidote is that our first party when we first opened. So wait, how did uh, you get that first party? Let's let's rewind a little bit. So we are a block from a church. Okay. And the church knew that we were opening and they were having their jubilee okay. of some kind. And it was 250 people. Okay. So now we just, I mean, we literally just opened the doors. Um, nobody knew we existed. And we called our friends. We called our family. Joseph called one of his culinary school professors nice. to come and help us. Um, and we cooked out of our kitchen for 250 people, rolling hot boxes down the street. Nice. <laughs> to, get, <laughs> to get to the church and you know, it was chaos and it was crazy mm. and but it was so great and it it made us feel like, you know, we can do it. We can do anything at this point. If we're rolling hot boxes down the street, and we're not spilling anything. <laughs> 
I think we're in, we're in good shape. Um, so you got but, that first, sorry, did you want to, did you want to wrap up the story or is there more? Sorry. Yeah. So then, so when we were doing the, um, chef's tastings, they were going over so well that people were asking us, when are you going to open a restaurant? When are you going to open a restaurant? And we kind of dismissed it because we didn't have the capital to open a restaurant and we would be crazy to open up one here. So it was kind of like this, um, you know, this inner struggle of, do we stay here? Do we find something else? So we had been looking for a restaurant space for, I mean, years, years. We were looking for a restaurant space. Okay. And um, so, I mean, if you're if you're giving advice to somebody right now who's in the same similar situation you were in, where you knew that ultimately you wanted to work up to a brick and mortar restaurant, but you started with on a small scale catering to generate cash flow to then invest in the you know get the capital you need, um, would would there be anything that you would do differently, or what's your advice to that person that might take the same route that you guys took to kind of get to where you are today? I said, well, we did not take the most traditional way. <laughs> of doing this. Um, for me personally, would I change the way that we did it? No, because I learned a lot. What did you learn? Um, what are the biggest things you learned? So, uh, <laughs> so, so basically the, re- one of the reasons why we, why we opened the restaurant is because the large business in catering wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, you know, we, we have our backs to the wall and, it's not doing as well as we thought we were going to do, but we still have, we still have a client base. We still have people who are looking for us and want us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in reality, the catering business didn't make it, but we needed that to jump us to the, to the restaurant. Mm. Unknowingly. Unknowingly. Yeah. Unknowingly. It's not, yeah. Okay. It's just kind of like, we didn't plan it. We did yeah. not plan it. <laughs> um, keep going. Sorry. I'll, then I'll chat. Yeah. I think the thing that I, I learned is you really have to, you know, two feet in, you have to go for it. You mm-hmm. can't, you can't do things halfway, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that was a little bit of my, um, mindset because I was very conservative from like a financial point of, you know, if, you know, if we risk too much, we're going to, we're going to lose it. Well, if we don't do it all the way, we're going to lose it anyway. Mm-hmm. So what the hell is the difference? Yeah. Um, you know, the big lessons I'm taking away from this, and it reminds me so much of a great book I think everybody should read if they want to open a restaurant, which is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And in that yeah. book, he's talking about just start. Just have a vision and and just start wherever you can. And if you know what you're working towards and um, you, you put the work in, it, the universe will present to you the means, the way, uh, the path you need to take, but you need to take the first step. And for you guys, that was doing what you could do, which was starting a catering company. And it wasn't, you know, the path that you intended to take in the beginning, isn't the same path you ended up taking to get to where you are today. But, um, the, the way presented itself to you and you always just, said yes. You never said no. You took the opportunities. You got your name out there and that was enough of a platform, enough of a foundation for you guys to then open your restaurant and uh, talk to us what that was like. Let's let's go to that time now. It's 2015. Yeah. Okay, so about a year ago, yeah. you decided okay, yeah. we're not getting enough revenue with the catering alone. We need a little bit more, a little something extra, another channel of revenue and you're still doing the catering now, correct? Or are you do that. We pick and choose. We okay. pick and choose. Yeah. Um, our focus and our goal is to grow 17 Summer as much as possible. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so we, you know, we'll do private events here. We'll do some outside catering, but the focus, and I think it's so important just from a, from an entrepreneur standpoint is that you have to be laser focused. Mm -hmm. So when you spread yourself into all of these different categories, um, you lose focus and then you're not giving your all into the things that are important. You're trying to put a hundred things. Yeah. And, and that I'm so happy you're talking about this because another thing I wanted to mention was uh, knowing when you're ready. And that's one thing you said. Like people are saying, when are you going to open a restaurant? Sometimes you, you always want to say yes. You never want to say no. But you also need to know what's keeping me afloat right now. Where do I need to focus to get to the next level? And it sounds like that's what you guys did. And we weren't ready. No. I mean, I don't think you're ever ready yeah, so to open a restaurant. What, um, why weren't you ready? Look, reflecting back at it, what was – what was what were the things that were happening or the feelings you had that made you think you weren't ready? Oh, I mean, we are learning every single day. Mm. So that in and of itself, just looking back a year ago, I can tell you that we are two completely different people. How were you then and how are you now? I think we are more confident. Okay. Um, I think we are more self-aware. I think we are understanding of our brand Mm -hmm. and what our story is Mm. when we first opened, it was kind of like what is going to get people in the door Mm -hmm. and what food are we going to put out that are going to get people in the door, not necessarily pushing our vision and pushing our creativity. It was more along the lines of how am I going to get butts in the seats? Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I think, I think you start thinking that you're that you're one thing and you develop into some into mm, what you actually true. are. Mm-hmm. So I, I you know I look at the menus from when we first opened and they were you know they were okay menus but I look at it and I say I would never put this crap on the menu. <laughs> um, and it's not crap they're still yeah. good dishes but it's just the way that we have evolved. I could I could tell you you know, just see you know do I think as and I'm I'm young you know for the for the most part um, I, I think that starting a business at 24 mm-hmm. for me was incredibly stupid. <laughs> um, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't know anything and you know, you learn and when you're learning on your own dime, it's expensive mm-hmm. yeah. because you, those mistakes are, yeah. you know, they come out of your pocket, but you learn quick. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's good and bad. Um, I always, I kind of say, you know, I'm very happy with the path that we took, but if I was, it's back and forth. If I was to do it again, I wouldn't be in the same situation, but it would be easier if I did it a different way. Mm-hmm. If I waited a little bit. So I kind of want to talk about the, the relationship you guys have. Um, when you approach your sister to be a partner in this catering company, what was it about her that you thought, okay, I, I need that in my world because was she, uh, was there a certain skill she brought to the table that, uh, you know, attracted you to having her as a business partner or what was it that made you lean on your sister? Yeah. So, first of all, as a par- as a partner in business, there's nobody who I trust more than my sister. Mm. So, um, and you need that because you don't ha- you can't have anybody you know second guessing you or anything like that. So we work we work we work really well together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I know the food. I know the 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 business side of it. Jenna is the people person and the 
Sorry about Sorry. that. Sorry. Um, is the people person and the sales and you know. So did you recognize that in her way way back when you approached her like that that she has these qualities you're going to need to be successful? Oh yeah, I think that we I think that we kind of always always just understood that that we have we have very different skill sets that can be used in the same business. Um, and Jenna, what was it about Joseph when he approached you with this opportunity that made you think, yeah, yeah, like my, my brother has what it takes? What, how did you know that he would have been a good partner for you? Um, I think that being so close as kids mm. and then even in adolescence and just being so close, I, our relationship is so, is so deep mm-hmm. that – you can tell when someone is set out for greatness, mm. and I truly believe that Joseph is set out for greatness. I think Joe, how does that make you feel? You're so good. <laughs> She's so good to you. Uh. Uh, you know, I think his passion and his his creativity is 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 something that is so wonderful, and really, I have seen him grow, and I have watched him grow, and I have watched him fail, and I've watched him succeed, and. All of those things are, are are both of us. So his failures are my failures and his successes are my successes. And we really do lean on each other um, when it comes to being in business together. And I always say this, we live a parallel life. So when things happen in the restaurant or in our lives, it's happening to us at the same time. And a lot of people can't say that because you're usually in the world by yourself. And for us, we're just, we're together. We're always together. Um, now our perspectives might be a little different, <laughs> but, um, but the end goal, our goal is always the same. Our, our success is always the same. The, the things that we reach for are the same. We have the same vision. We have the same focus. Um, so that really is something that is so special about what we do here, especially um, because it's based in love and it's based in work and it's based in family. And, um, you know, even when we hire people and when we bring staff in, we really are so, you know, particular about the people that we bring in because those people are representing us. Mm. Um, and that is a direct correlation of how your business runs and what makes people come back. Mm. So there's a few things you're touching on right now that are so crucial. Obviously, having that vision, uh, having the same goals, having knowing where you want to be and understanding each other and uh, knowing that you're all on the same team. So did you, did you write these things down? Did you commit to a vision? Did you commit to certain goals? Uh, or is it just because you two are so close that in your culture is so similar because you grew up in the same house and you, 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 you know, your brand because you know each other so well is, do you think that's it? Or did you take so, the time to really rate these things out? Joseph always says that, um, you know, I don't even have to talk to you sometimes because you just know. And you have, and you have to, <laughs> some of our staff, I could just look at, look at Jennifer an opinion and she goes, yeah, no, I want, I want no, that's a better way to do it. And our staff looks at us like we have six heads because yeah. like, we don't talk. You don't even talk to each other. <laughs> like, um, I mean, I, I love uh, – I mean, I, I've, I'm a huge advocate for partners. Uh, I feel like nobody – to be successful in this industry today, if you 
know what lane you belong in. You know your strengths, and you can find other people uh, who have uh, other strengths that you know are maybe where you're not so strong. Like y- you need all pieces of the puzzle to you know yeah. get oh, to yeah. the end. So I think it's. I mean, it, it's maybe it was fate. Like you, you two growing up together uh, and having uh, uh, opposite strengths uh, that together can you know build the, the the big picture. I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, but I mean, you guys didn't pick each other. You, you were ha- you're lucky enough to have each other uh, to always together. But I think that that your partnership is a big you know attribute to your success. I, sure. You know, and the the bottom line really for us is that our love of food is what keeps us keeps us together. We have the same passion for mm. food and for the industry. Um, and I think and, a passion for standards and a passion for excellence. And it seems like oh. that's something that goes back to maybe even your parents or the way you guys were brought up. You get it. You're on the same page. Is that, is that safe to say? Were they people who were, what were your parents like? So my parents are accountants. Okay. Um, <laughs> but for us, food in our, you know, in our everyday life was something that was the thing that brought us together. You know, they, yeah. they worked late. Um, my mom cooked every night and we helped her and we went shopping with her. Um, and the dishes that we had growing up were dishes that my grandparents had and their parents had. And, um, you know, food brings back memories and it evokes emotion. Mm -hmm. And those things are so important. And as you, you can see the evolution of Joseph as a chef, because he kind of, really went back to those roots and the things that he remembers as a child. And our parents brought us to the best restaurants from the time we were born. Um, We never ate chicken fingers and French fries. It wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, What we had was, um, you know, homemade chicken cutlets and um, fried potatoes on the, in the cast iron. Um, (laughs) So, I feel like we grew up in very similar houses with uh, yeah, and Cacciatore. I think uh, we, I, I know where you're coming from, uh, but it's so true. I mean, th- th- that's your foundation. You guys have such a similar foundation and they put those values in you at a very young age. Um, and you guys just know each other so well and, and you off, you know, you, you, what's the word? You don't offset each other, but you, I mean, yeah, you offset each other. Like you, you, you he's strong. Not to say that you're not strong in the kitchen. Cause I saw you do your thing. You can hold your own in the <laughs> kitchen, but like, that's where he shines and you shine in the front of house. You had that manager experience and that, you know, marking advertisement experience. And together you guys are unstoppable. You're doing great stuff. So if you could just narrow it down to like, Thank you. Three big lessons that you've learned in this time as, you know, since 2012, uh, these, the big takeaways from that time, what would they be? Like, hands down, can you think of some things? Yeah, see, I, I would say always keep learning. Mm. You never, you never stop. As soon as you think you know every, mm-hmm. everything, you're done. You're dead in the water. Um, and that I preach that to my staff, to anybody who I talk to. It's just you have to keep learning and Absolutely. keep getting getting better um the other thing would, would be have you know you need confidence and you need to know what your vision is mm. um you know i i could tell you i could tell you the exact moment where we really changed um and bring it me was to that a, moment bring me through oh that yeah. was yeah that was probably that sep- was a that was a dark that was yeah. a dark moment yeah that was a dark moment i'm, I'm serious oh, yeah. that was a dark moment I, and so there were there was a yeah it was like september of the first year that we opened Okay. And even just the dishes and things that we were having, like there were good menus, but 
I kind of pandered a little bit to what people expected us to do. Okay. And it was like a Friday or Saturday night and it was busy. And I think the only dish that I was putting out was, you know, lobster arrabbiata. And I just turned to Jenna and I'm like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and not that I wanted out of the restaurant, but it was just, I'm not giving people what they think should be here. You know, it has to be from us. It has to be what we decide. Um, and there's, you know, Why is just, that such an important thing? Why was that such a pivotal point for you? Because that, turn, that turned us into a regular restaurant like everybody else into, you know, what can we do? What is our goal? What is our vision? What is, what is our... Um, what is the story that yeah. we're trying to tell? Mm-hmm. You know, um, we had always changed our menu every six weeks. That was something that was part of our branding. Um, and again, having that laser focus on what your brand is is very important. Um, so when Joseph had that moment of, I'm not serving red sauce here because it's expected because of where we are. Um, it was a moment where I was like, okay, we have to figure something else out because I can't have him feeling so undervalued and discouraged when he has this great talent. Mm. Um, so what we decided to do was that we were going to do chef's tastings at the counter, Mm -hmm. six seats, um, every Wednesday night. And as soon as we put that out, we were sold out and we've been sold out since last October. And the whole point of this was that there was no menu and, and it was an outlet. It was an outlet for, for me Mm. to just create and to just say, you know, let's do it. And from, from there, really, a lot of the dishes and just that mindset, that being able to think outside the box, you know, helped evolve us as a restaurant, me as a cook, and just, you know, the menu development of what dishes can be and where, you know, what what is it that we want to portray? And it's, it's a memory, it's an emotion, whether it's uh, from the past or not. You know, it's, you know, what is something that, people don't see all the time, but maybe they'll like to try. Not everybody is going to go for the, for the organ meat or, you know, the fish collar or, you know, things like that, that you wouldn't see all the time. But it, for the people who will. Hey, I love that, that fish. Collar. I was sucking the bones. It was. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, the big thing I'm taking away from this, the, 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 the words I wrote down is it, you know, you, you had confidence and you brought us that, that, you know, having confidence in your vision and knowing what's important to you. And why is that so important? Why is, well, obviously having that vision, but why does, why does writing your story, why does, um, it have to be significant to you? We are still writing our story, I think. Uh, and we will never stop writing our story because it's constantly evolving and constantly changing. Um, the story of 17th Summer is based in the growth of, of us. Mm-hmm. So, and we had a reviewer come in here And she had mentioned to me uh, when, after she reviewed us, she said, 
I feel like I'm a part of something great. I feel like I'm watching something grow. And I'm so happy to be here in these moments, in these, in these early stages, because it's not just, oh, I think my brother's the best because he's my brother. No, I think he's, I, I think he's creative and I think he's talented. And then when that validation comes back to you from people who have been in the industry, who have really watched other chefs grow and watched other restaurants grow, it's, it's so important and so wonderful that they feel this, they feel the energy in here and they feel the passion. And it's not just from us because our staff is our, you know, our backbone. Um, and our staff is what makes us who we are and, and enlightens us and brings us they, – they push us just as much as we push them. You know, some of the things I, 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 I want to try to tie together is that you were pivoted where this vision – you had this vision that was now about uh, an outlet for you to do what you're passionate about. And I think to tie it all together, that passion, that ability for you to – uh, now have this outlet, like you called it, where you could feed into your higher needs of doing what it is that's special to you. I mean, that's authentic. That's that's true, authentic passion and uh, desire to, to 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 live it. What you what you? I mean, this isn't easy work. You've got to really do things like you, you got to get some sense of just happiness or pride out of the work you're doing. And when you do achieve that pride and that happiness, and that you get that respect for the work you're doing, and you're seeing people happy. I mean, that positive energy um, is what you need, and that's what's infectious, and that's that that's the culture. Um, that you you develop and that you have in your restaurant. And, uh, do you think that is is that kind of the angle? Is that why things are starting to change? Because now you you had a, a purpose and you had something that really sang to your souls and to your your you know your core. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think also just from a from a cook's point of view, my I always look at my menus and say, okay, this has to be better. Mm-hmm. This has to be better. And the development of how we've gotten there is you know what. It's it's hard. Listen, every six weeks, a brand new menu, you know, maybe three or four items stay on just for the season. So the, the longest they'll be there is two months. Yep. It's tough. It's tough. You were constantly racking your brain. But I think that's it. I think it's the it's the passion that we have and the standard that we want to continuously try to hit. Mm. And, and you know, feeding that, that itch that's inside of you, that for you, you're naturally a curious person. You always want to be learning. And when you can give yourself that outlet to do what it is you're passionate about, you're going to bring it. You're going to bring a different level of energy to, to work every day. And uh, I'm curious, what was that vision that you had uh, a year ago? Well, what, what did that vision look like? And are you on track with that vision today? I think our vision has changed so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to the evolution of, you know, when we started to where we are now, um, and I'm sure if we talk in a year, we'll be completely different as well. Um, but right at, at this moment, in this, on this day, our vision is clear that we are putting out the best food that we can, giving the best service that we can, and then tomorrow we're going to go back, dive in, and say, what could we do better? Mm. And do you take the time to do that, to, to reflect and debrief and really talk yeah. about what you did? That's beautiful. Way to go, yeah. guys. I love it. 
constant, That's constant, a constant conversation. conversation. So yes. important. I don't think people ref- we, the the you know the pre meal briefing is so important, but we never debrief. We never come back and look at the day before to talk about what happened and what we can do to be better, and then execute what we say we're going to do to be better. And that's, I mean, you guys are growing so fast, and I'm sure that's a huge, you know, uh, contributing factor to why you're you're having so much success right now. So it's awesome. so important. It's so important to really be your biggest critic mm. because you know, and it's nice that we are together because mm. I'm not. I'm not afraid to say to him, I didn't like that, and he's not afraid to say to me, well, I don't like the way that went. So. You know that openness, mm, communication, that honesty. Yeah. That beautiful. I love, it. I love it. This is beautiful stuff, guys. <laughs> uh, real quick, we're gonna just uh, get a failure. So, I mean, it's been a, a roller coaster for you guys the past few years. But what's one of the biggest mistakes or wrong turns you took? You know, when did you recognize that you were doing the wrong thing, and how did you, you know? How are you better now because of this this bad decision or failure? Um, I wasn't great. When we first started, I wasn't great at um, picking the right people for the business. Um, I wasn't great at staffing. So what were you doing then? I was just taking on anyone because we were so small and I didn't know if they were going to make any money. So I felt badly and I, I wanted to just have a staff. I needed a staff. And I've learned so much from that point where, you know, they say you're higher fast, but fire quicker. Um, And I think if the people that you hire don't have the same vision and the same passion, then it's a problem. So what are you doing now? And I agree with you, but how have you changed your procedure, your onboarding procedure? What are you doing now to make sure the people that you're hiring have that same vision that you do? Um, I really reach into my gut and I ask questions like, what do you love about food? Why are you in this industry? What are, you know, what is the next five years look like for you? Um, how are you going to handle a disgruntled patron? Um, how are you going to, going to handle a disgruntled chef? So, um, those things are, those answers are very important because the, the staff that we have now is probably the best staff that we've ever yeah. had. Absolutely. They are empathetic. They are passionate. They are knowledgeable. They know our vision through and through. And how do they, they know your vision? How do they know? Like, how do they just know your vision? You no, know, we should, we share it with them and they, yes. they feel it and they absorb it. And it's, mm. you need to, especially when dealing with that, you need to develop your people. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people don't do. They can just leave them and say, oh, you, you know how to do this. Well, yeah, they may know the steps, but they don't know the theory behind it. See, what I, that, I, I, I love what you do, Jenna, I mean, with uh, talking about just reaching yourself. And whenever you're hired, whenever you're onboarding, you're basically creating an avatar uh, based Ooh. off the core values, the culture, the things you believe, the mission you have, the vision you have. You, you, 
you build an avatar out of all those things you believe and you create the perfect employee. Um, and I don't know if you guys, I don't know if it's just because you two have grown up together and you're so aligned with where you want to go that you just get each other, but you, you are the brand and the, the two of you are re trying to reincarnate yourselves in, in the people you're hiring. Cause you just know what you're, you just, you, the both of you just understand each other so well and what you're trying to do. Um, but most other restaurants don't have that luxury of just having their culture. You are your brand. Um, and I think that's the best thing you can be, uh, especially if you're a brother, sister, uh, combination or family. But sometimes, where am I going with this? If you don't have the luxury of growing up with your business partner, you got to take the time to paint that picture and to get on the same page and to right? really spell yeah. out who you are. I don't know if you guys have done that, but you you have yeah. the, the luxury of, of knowing each other so well. So it's not, it, it, <laughs> you know, we are brother and sister and that is something that is, is, is great. Um, if we were to meet each other off the street, we would do, we would take the same approach that we do now we're very open and honest and with each other and i think that learning about someone and really understanding their personality and what drives them is so important so that's even like our staff mm. like we we take the time every day to have family meal at four o'clock because it is something that brings us together we talk about the day mm. they talk about their day we need to have an open and honest relationship with our staff because if you don't, then they don't feel comfortable and they don't want to work. Mm. So having that emotional connection with those people, and I'm not saying it's like personal and diving deep, but you really get to know somebody based on, spending hours and hours and hours with them, but also how they communicate your brand mm -hmm. and your menu. They are a direct extension of us. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is that you have to create people and you have to invest in people mm -hmm. and it might not be the person that you thought it was, but you're going to push them to become this great mm -hmm. thing. And for us, all we want to do is see our staff succeed. Mm. We don't want them here forever. You know, we love would love that. them here forever, but we don't <laughs> want them here forever because then they're not growing. They're not learning. Mm -hmm. So, and it's the same thing with us. We have to be able to scale up and be able to think of other things and go in different directions in order for us to be successful. I love it. Beautiful stuff, guys. Really, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran, there's always something new to learn. That never ends. <laughs> but what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn. Tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy-to-access location. With Tipsy, you can learn what you want, when you want, by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage, service, marketing, and business operations. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant. You can also use Tipsy as a staff training tool. Through the management platform, you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual members 
memberships are only $9 a month. And as a restaurant's unstoppable listener, you receive an extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now. Just find the tipsy banner in the show notes. All right. <laughs> we are back. And the first question I have for you is what is one it factor, a habit, a trait, or a characteristic you guys think most contributes to your success? Maybe one of each. So I guess let's start with ladies. Jenna, what's your it factor? What do you bring to the table? What contributes to your success? Um, I have a very high level of emotional intelligence and self-awareness. Mm. And that is something that makes me who I am and why I have really taken come fry with me to 17 summer. So just the evolution of that and knowing your strengths and weaknesses is something that's so important. Really awesome. And Joseph, what is your it factor? What is your special thing that just makes you so successful? Yeah, I, I think it's just the, the constant need to be better and to look for, look for more knowledge and, and to just constantly, you know, never settle, never settle period. You know, that's it. It's always something you do better. All right. What are your biggest weaknesses? Joe, you go first. Oh, um, (laughs) I can tell you my, my one weakness is probably that, or here I over, I overthink things, Yeah, which works in good and bad, so it's good in some situations, but bad in others. And I kind of, I sometimes let my emotions get to me, and I've learned to control that, especially in a kitchen. And how are you controlling that? How have you learned? What are you doing now to have better control over your emotions? So you know, it's you don't you don't scream. You know, you, I'm very tough on our staff, very tough on them. But I don't scream. You don't be little people. You don't you don't do that. You know, you don't get things out of people and you don't get more out of them or more loyalty by putting them down. Um, and I think you just, you internally just need to, you know, like my father says, it's the hill you want to die on. So, <laughs> no, yeah. you're making a really good point and we have to remember that our emotions are part of the most primitive part of our brain and we can't control them. You, when you see yourself getting emotional or getting upset, you have the ability to slam on the brakes and to recognize the emotion, recognize that it's not going to serve anybody else, and to calm yourself down and to choose the right path. And it takes time and, and maturity to to get control. For, and, and, but just know that you you have the ability to recognize it and stop it and do the right thing. And I feel like you've discovered that ability. And what's what's your weakness, Jenna? Um, I let other people's opinion really get to me. Mm. Um, (laughs) So, and I I really try to kind of sift through the constructive criticism Mm -hmm. versus the, um, this is my opinion and you need to know about it. Um, So those, the thing about being in this industry and it being your own is that you are putting your, yourself out there and there's nothing you can't hide behind anything there's no you know this is what it is there's there's nothing to hide behind you're not sitting behind a desk um 
you're not sending out paperwork. I think that, um, you know, so I'm very tough with the standard of how we treat our customers. And then I'm also tough on our customers on how they treat our staff. Mm -hmm. So I think that the level of respect is something that is so important. And I think that's in any business, you have to have a level of respect. Um, and I've learned that, you know, everybody's opinion is none of my business. <laughs> you can't, I think it was Bill Cosby who said, uh, I don't know the, the secret to success, but I know the secret to failure is trying to make everybody happy. And you can't. You gotta, you, you gotta can't. know no. who loves you and uh, <laughs> pick and shoot two oh. battles, I guess. Um, sorry, Eric. Oh, stop. Okay. Sorry, our phone is ringing. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. It's it's uh, a restaurant to be expected. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> what is one question? Or sorry, what is one piece of advice uh, you have for our listeners about being leaders? <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so I would I would say you know you lead from the front. You know, there's not one job in in this restaurant or in any, any piece of this business that I would not do myself. Mm. Um, you know, and that's that's it. I don't care if I have to scrub floors, wash wash dishes, you know, cut carrots for six hours. If that's what has to be done, I'm doing it. Beautiful. And do you want to add anything to that, Jenna? I think for for me, from what I do in this business, is that you have to know your brand and you have to have a very laser focused vision. Yeah, I think that's important. And it doesn't matter if you're starting an app or if you are opening a restaurant. You have to have you have to know your brand and know your story, and and your people have to know because they they're on the same mission as you. Yeah. And I think, right? Yeah, beautiful. And honesty, honesty is really something oh, yeah. that is so important as well. You can't create something and think it's going to work if it's based on a lie mm. or it's based on a a falsehood that it's not actually what you're doing or what you're putting forward. And in this business, it's hard to lie. People, um, people pick up on it. If, it, yeah. if, they it, do. if it's oh, yeah. bold, we'll pick up on it. Absolutely. So, you know. Absolutely. So what is one question uh, you asked during an interview? Uh, you kind of dove into this a little bit earlier, Jenna. You said that you really dive within. So you know, uh, what exactly are you looking for during these interviews and how are you finding the right people? So I always ask, Okay. Um, so I always have a pen on me and I, and I ask them to sell me the pen um, because the question, the answer is easy, but the question is more of how are you going to critically think through this? Mm-hmm. Um, so I always ask my people to sell me, sell me a pen. So you're just looking for how creative they can get in the situation to come up with a solution. Right, but then I'm also thinking about how logical they can be. Oh, I like that one. Beautiful. So uh, what is one current challenge you guys are dealing with, and how are you dealing with it? It's the, it's the, restaurant. Yeah, it's the restaurant business. Like every, every, every day is a challenge. Every day is something new. <laughs> um, you know, you could take it from a, you know, right, right now I think as a whole in the industry and just in the economy as a whole, there's so many outside factors that you just have to manage the best that you can and react to it with and kind of stay ahead of it without letting things affect you. So if it's, you know, play, playing with staffing a little bit, playing with, with food costs and just kind of adapting to 
stay alive and to and to just keep going and keep going and Beautiful. and really just tighten up on everything and just make sure that you have a real grasp of what's going on. Got it. And that's challenging itself. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so uh, what is one thing you do really well besides food that you think separates you to other restaurants in your uh, market? I think our service is outstanding. And um, how do you meet that high level of service every day? So we are not fine dining. And we are not, we don't have a, a liquor license. So, you know, we don't have a SOM on, on staff. But I don't think that those things are the things that make service so great. Our service is approachable. Our service is knowledgeable. And we make everyone feel that they are a part of something. And I truly, truly believe this, that great things happen when people come together to share a meal. Mm. I believe that ideas are born. I believe that emotions are shared. I believe that differences can be mended and to be able to provide a space for those things to happen is so amazing to me. And that's what I love about this industry is that you're bringing people together. And my staff really facilitates that where they're not in your face and they make you feel comfortable and it's not condescending and it's not pretentious. And you're just, you're here to have dinner and you're here to enjoy yourself and enjoy your company and, you should enjoy the person that's taking care of you as well. Absolutely. And I'll just say this because I have experience, uh, but your service is authentic. And all those things you just said, uh, you genuinely, you, you genuinely, I can't speak right now, genuinely do <laughs> care uh, about the experience. And, um, and I think that's the most important part is, like you said earlier, you can smell the BS. And when you genuinely care about the experience that your guests are having in that you that you want to create the space to make those experiences happen. And you, you care so much about the opinions of your people. That means you care. Like, that's why it bothers you so much. You said earlier that like, I, it gets to me when people aren't happy because you genuinely care about their experience. And that authenticity is not trainable. It's something you have or you don't. And sister, you guys, sister and brother, you guys, you have it. Beautiful stuff. Um, do you want to add anything to that Joe? Um, you know, I, I think that just on that is, that's where we are. We could read people so, so well. That's and true. it's, you know, you could tell when somebody is just having a bad day, no matter like it, that's just them mm -hmm. or what do they need? And it's like you're saying, the experience, that's what people remember. Mm. They're not going to remember if, you know, the sun would, was, uh, seasoned properly. Yeah. They're going to know that it's, that it's good. They're going to remember. I had such a good time there and. You know, everything was good. And, you know, because we create that and that's what transcends into an experience, into a memory, into something that will constantly bring you back and bring you back to your childhood and everything else that, that yeah. it's it's authentic and it becomes a part of them. Awesome. So what is one book that's a must read if you're getting into this industry to make you a better person or a better restaurant owner? Um, so I have a couple. Um 32 Yokes, I just read by Eric Repair, and it was so enlightening and so honest that it makes you really appreciate 
all of the steps that it takes to get to this point. Mm. And for us, we're like, we're nowhere near where Eric Repair is, but we share a lot of the same qualities in our philosophies and how we treat our people and how we treat the food and treat the ingredients. And he's very big on respect and respecting the ingredients and respecting the people and respecting the industry and respecting the work. Um, so that is something reading. It was just so validating for me. Um, I felt like, okay, I think I'm, I'm doing something right. Awesome. I, that is the first time I mentioned on the show, believe it or not, I'll have to check it out. Uh, and you said, oh, really? yeah, you, <laughs> well, you, you gotta read it. I know I'm going to, uh, you said you had a couple. Are there any other that you want to, to let us know about? Um, so I really love, it's called emotional intelligence. Mm. I can't remember the, uh, Daniel Goldman. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm reading that right now, and it's oh, really? awesome. I, I'm loving it. I have to tell you, I read that book. Uh, my my uncle gave it to me when I was like 11, and I read it, and it changed my life. It changed my outlook at a young age, um, and it was it was really something that made me who I am. Yeah, it, it is it is it is a game changer, and once you once you're given the roadmap to how your brain works and you can understand in in any moment what's happening in your brain and to know that you have control over how you're going to react um it, it's it, it will change your life and it will yeah. uh everything is is just so uh, powerful in that book it's definitely a must read uh and anymore you said you had is- oh yeah i got a, a few um you know uh, Letters to a Young Cook by Daniel Balud, which Ooh. is probably a 15-year-old book, but it's it's good. Um, and it's kind of how, you know, how to act in a kitchen and just kind of kind of the philosophy that you need to take and things like that. Um, I'm also big on outside of the restaurant industry documentary. So anything on um, tech or, you know, Steve Jobs and things like so that, true. just because the the way that they they see their brand and, you know, you can't just think in terms of restaurant, Absolutely. you know, food on a plate. You need to think of it in a complete brand management standpoint. Yeah, if you if you watch Something Ventured, oh, I think something it's on Netflix, actually. Is great. It's really great. Something that, it's about venture capitalism um, and just the way that, you know, how to, what I really took from it is how to understand an opportunity and kind of develop it and, you know, where do you see things going? And even though these are large businesses, you could apply it to something small mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and really get that vision. Awesome. I'll have these links in the show notes. This is episode 284. Yes, 284. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 284. Uh, you'll find those links. And I know emotional intelligence is on audio. So if you guys haven't, uh, discover the power of audiobooks. Head over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. You can get that book for free and it will, it's one of those books that will pivot your viewpoints on life. So uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, so, what is one piece of technology you've adopted in your restaurant that has made you more uh, efficient, more profitable, more, uh, you know, better communication? Uh, anything along those lines? What do you got to share with us? Can I show it to you? Yeah. <laughs> And I'll do my best to explain to the listeners what I'm looking at. Wait, I need to switch. That is an espresso so, machine? 
But no, no that, that is our ripped <laughs> up smoker that we do uh-huh. on. So I, from a food standpoint, we really don't do too much in technology. What about um, uh, on the, the front of house standpoint? Have you guys leveraged any front, calendars you know, or? You know, we, we use the standard reservation systems, but nothing crazy, a single POS. Um, I think from a marketing stand, standpoint, you know, the mail, MailChimp and, you know, just the website development and things like, and things like that are social very media, important. Social, social media, media is huge. huge. Mm. Got to be on top of it. So what tools Gotta are you using in social media uh, that, will, that you feel like give you the edge or one thing you're doing in social media that has really helped your business? So, in, so our, I guess our vision for social media is to really evoke the emotion mm. and not just put out pictures of food. How do you evoke so, the emotion? We use a lot of um, sayings that we say every day or, um, you know, we will share a memory of what the dish is and uh, we use a lot of music. And the. I think the most important thing is, again, going back to being honest and being authentic in your social media posts because people can see whether or not it's it's real or whether or not it's fake. So it's kind of like you just have to be authentic. And social media, I don't I think people get confused with having to post so much. Mm. But when it's a thought out post, impact it reaches so much more exactly. It has such an impact. So you know, just think of that when you're trying to get, we don't have a ton of followers, but you can follow us at 17summerrestaurant.com yeah. and at 17summer on Instagram. I'll have those links in the show notes. Uh, again, episode 284. Is that what I said before? Sure. Losing track. <laughs> uh, awesome. And yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's not, you don't, you shouldn't be going for getting the, you're not worried about how many people are following. You're worried about the quality of the relationship with those people who are right. following you. It's about because impact. You need to turn that those followers into dollars. Yeah, and, and, and that's why uh, you're seeing a huge shift right now with social media, with the more impactful platforms. For example, Twitter is really slowly starting to fade away, and, and platforms like Snapchat are on the rise is because the re- – the, the impact you have, uh, it's like growing an email list. It's like you have a right. direct marketing channel to those people and you can get your message, you can get your story, you can get your emotions across those people <gasps> in a much more, less noisy, impactful way. So Snapchat is a huge resource right now to do that. Instagram is also very impactful and still Facebook is a very impactful uh, platform that will really let you connect with your guests. Anything else I'm missing that you're using that has allowed you to have more impact? No, we're, you know, we're really hands-on when it comes to um, just running the business. So technology is, we use it and we're grateful for it, but, you know, we still use handwritten tickets for the game. So, <laughs> with all the knowledge you have now, if you go back in time to 2012 when you're opening your business, what's one thing you'd do differently or what's one piece of advice you'd give your past uh, selves? The advice that I would give myself would be don't be so afraid. Mm. Awesome. Don't be so afraid. Don't don't second guess. Yeah. Just just do it. Do it. You, you awesome. fail, 
just get back up. Don't yep. worry about it. Love it. And uh, if there was one question I could have asked you that would have provided more value to this interview, what would that question have been? Um. Oh, well, I mean, you can ask us the question that everybody asks us. What is it like working with your sibling? What's it like working with your sibling? <laughs> Uh, it's fine. We're great. good. We're, it's you know. great. I, the, <laughs> the, the misconception is that we fight. Yeah. And that everybody assumes that we fight and we don't. And when we tell them we don't, they think we're kidding or we, freaks. We're freaks. <laughs> right. So I almost feel bad for the people that do have such a terrible relationship right. with their siblings. But. You know, everybody asks us. It's a question we get every day. How do you work with your brother? How do you work with your sister? Yes. You know, are, aren't you going to kill each other? No. Yeah. Sometimes, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I think I think just the other thing is, um, you know, why do you love this industry? Mm. And I think that's a, that's something for people who are in it have to ask themselves all the time. It's, you know, if you don't love this, it's it's not the right place for you. So and you really, you really need to love it. Why do you love this and, industry? Why do I love the industry? Yeah. It, it's like, it's in my soul. Mm. It's like, it's where I want to be. Um, <laughs> on my worst day in a kitchen, I would not be happier doing anything else. Awesome. And that and you need to know that. You need awesome. to. Beautiful, man. Great stuff, guys. Uh, those are all my questions for you. We got to call somebody out. So who is an indie restaurant professional, somebody in your community who's absolutely crushing or somebody not necessarily in your community, but somebody you admire and think would be a great guest mentor like you two were for us today? Um, Dominique Kren. Ooh, I'm actually in touch with her people. Uh, yeah, uh, we're, Reach we're after working her. on it. She's busy. Um, I, I, I've got a... a uh, a reminder to follow up after the holidays. So th- I am working on it. Anybody else you can think of to add to my list? Um, All right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll, th- we'll think about it. We'll get back to you. <laughs> it's okay. All right, guys, you've been awesome. I'll let the folks at home know. Uh, how they can connect with you. Maybe they're in New Jersey. Maybe they want to come join your team. Uh, maybe you can reach them right now. So what's the best way to connect? Um, I would definitely shoot us an email at 17summerrestaurant at gmail.com. You can visit our website, 17summerrestaurant.com. You can find us on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, 17 17 summer restaurant (laughs) i'll have Uh, those links in the show notes again if you can't remember all that just head over to restaurant unstoppable.com slash 284 you'll find the links to uh everything that was recommended to uh the connect with joseph and jenna and you guys thank you so much for taking the time to join me today to share your journey with us to share what you've learned with us to share your recommendations and your advice for anyone who might be going through the same things you went through a few years back there is no questioning you are unstoppable thank you eric thank you you. cheers
Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much, Joseph and Jenna. I really did have a blast coming to visit you guys, and uh, the hospitality was genuine. It was from the heart. You guys just get it. I'm so happy I had you on the show. And, you know, for me, uh, what I loved from this story was that they just started. Uh, they knew they wanted to create something special. They knew that they had that entrepreneur entrepreneurial bug and they might have not been able to you know get that first location they wanted but they they started somewhere and i think i feel like that's you know we are always just so afraid to start sometimes and you know you can have that massive vision you can know what you want to become but you don't just pull the trigger and get there it takes time it takes investing and committing yourself uh years to to get to that point and they started with the catering company and they just started you know accepting uh opportunities and just saying yes and not knowing how they were going to do it but just say yes and figure it out afterwards and if you do that um you know and you, and you just you know just start and just learn as you go sometimes it's the best approach and another thing i, I really loved was that uh, they admitted that their their vision's always changing, and I totally get that because I feel that same exact way sometimes with Restaurant Unstoppable. The more you learn, the more you, you push yourself, the more you're going to get clarity about who you are and what matters to you, and that's going to influence what you want to become. So you, you don't have to be dead set on your vision, but you need something to you know get started with, and you can evolve that over time as long as you just communicate it. And you make sure everybody's on board and everybody's pulling in the same direction. You can evolve. You can change that vision. Uh, and, you know, don't don't be so intimidated because like, like they did, you can always change it. And you can find your clarity. And uh, I'm so happy you guys found that clarity. I'm so happy uh, you're doing um, what now fills you up on the inside. And I think that's another big part of it is, is doing work that fulfills you. Doing work that... Uh, you can be proud of doing work that you can roll out of bed every day and do. And that, that happens when you find something that's truly special to you and, and it means something to you. And um, it's, a, it's a never-ending journey to, to find what that is. So uh, beautiful example of what to do, how to scale, and how to just constantly evolve and grow and uh, search for that clarity and uh, get a better picture of what your vision for yourselves are, guys. Beautiful stuff. All right, guys, like always, just a quick reminder to please connect with me on Facebook. Head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash one-on-one for those one-on-one chats or shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable. That's Eric with a C. I love connecting with you guys. I love hearing who you want to have on the show. I am always here to serve you. If you tell me what your challenges are, I'll get an expert on the show. Anything, anything I can do to serve you, I'm, I'm your weapon I have this platform I can stand on. I can get the experts on this platform to answer your questions. Take advantage of it. Come on. What are you waiting for? Um, Keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. If you haven't left one, please do. If you have, thank you. All right, guys. Thanks so much for sticking along or sticking around this long. Until next time. Peace out.